0: On KLYT, this is ABQ Connect. There's still time to join the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE. ABQ Connect.
1: Always happy to share information with you about upcoming events, especially no-cost free events uh, that uh, you can benefit from, and we're going to be doing that today uh, Greg Nelson is, is with us in studio. Greg is uh, one of the pastors at uh, Community of Grace Church in Albuquerque, Comanche, uh, west of Tramway. Uh, been there a long time. Uh, uh, that church, I, I remember uh, uh, doing events there, gosh, going back 20, 25, 30 years, uh, but uh, has uh, served the community well and continues to do that, uh, and uh, Greg is uh, joined by Dan Crabtree via phone. Uh, Dan is uh, going to be giving a Saturday seminar uh, coming up Saturday, February 25th at 1 p.m. at Community of Grace Church in Albuquerque. And again, that's Comanche West of Tramway. The website is communityofgraceabq.org. Gentlemen, welcome on to ABQ Connect.
2: Good morning, Steve. Good
1: morning. Thank you. Oh, so glad uh, you both could be here with us. Uh, well, Greg, uh, this is exciting. Uh, you are, uh, seeing things happen at community of grace and, uh, this being, um, uh, hopefully not, uh, your last event like this, uh, that we'll be talking about.
2: No, this is uh, actually one of our uh, first events. A community of grace is a church plant that came about a couple of years ago during, uh, when churches were shuttering because of uh, COVID. And so, uh, we've, um, we're a, we're a small flock and one of the things that we're, I think are one of our distinctives is um, biblical teaching. And so the having Dan come in to teach on these topics we're super excited about. Um, in fact, I have in front of me here uh, Dan's book, uh, A House Without Walls, How Christ Unites His eth- Ethnically Divided Church. And
1: Dan, I'm sure that's probably available where most people would go shopping for books.
0: That's right. Yeah, you can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all that.
1: Yeah, um, and uh, uh, Greg, uh, there, there's uh, you know maybe the hand of providence uh, working to uh, to get uh, Dan here. Uh, there is an Albuquerque connection.
2: Yeah, um, Dan's pastor there at Emmanuel Bible Church is uh, Jesse Johnson. And Jesse's comes from Albuquerque here, served uh, in ministry here in Al- Albuquerque, as well as went to UNM before he went to uh master's. All right. And seminary.
1: and Dan, you are where now? I'm in Springfield, Virginia. Okay. And that uh, is, of course, uh, where you serve as a uh, associate uh, pastor of what, the college ministry at Emmanuel Bible Church in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, in addition to that, uh, Dan has a B.A. from uh, College of William and Mary, um, uh, Masters of Divinity from the Master's Seminary, and uh, uh, 2019 MacArthur Preaching Award. I have to ask you, with your time in Southern California, what's your favorite roller coaster there, Dan? The favorite <laughs> roller coaster in
0: Southern California? <laughs>
1: well, is, Masters is like, what, a stone throw from... Uh, uh, one of uh, Magic Mountain, I think.
0: It is, yeah. It's it's not all that far from well, the the campus for the college is is not all that far from um, Six Flags which, I, you know what, we never went to but Oh, we lived there. Okay. Uh, but we would, we would go to Disney. I, I, we like going to Anaheim. It's not that far away. But yeah.
1: Well, I know uh, uh, taking family down there, and we had uh, a friend who attended Masters. Uh, so we made it a point to get get out there. Uh, rainy day at the park, but uh, a lot of fun, and so much appreciate the ministry of what's happened uh, there in Southern California. But, Dan, you're bringing ministry to Albuquerque on uh, Saturday, February 25th. This Saturday at one o'clock, it's a free seminar, and you'll be touching on a couple of things. Uh, we'll use what's left in this segment uh, to talk about um, your first session scheduled for that day on social justice and Christian unity. What do you, What do you feel is important? Uh, you know, without stealing all your thunder from Saturday, uh, it, but what's important for our listeners to know about this topic?
0: Yeah, thank you, Steve. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, I wrote the, the book that became kind of the genesis for all of this in 2020 when we were kind of in the height of lockdown and COVID and there wasn't as much to do. Um, I, I noticed that there was a massive confusion kind of following George Floyd's death and all the riots that were happening. What's the responsibility of the church in the midst of this? And there's a bunch of people, Christians, who are being told, hey, if you're white, you need to repent of your whiteness. Uh, You need to restructure power organization according to ethnicity in the church. Um, The the church has to get involved in social justice advocacy. It needs to be part of the writing that's going on in the streets. That's that's what faithful biblical Christianity looks like. And I I remember just talking to folks in our church who were so confused by that because they knew people that they loved who were telling them, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what Christians do. That's what the Bible commands us to do. And if you're not doing that, really, you're not being a faithful Christian and they were so confused by that saying i mean i've been a christian for a long time nobody's ever told me that i had to protest in order to be you know godly i'm trying to figure this out how do i how do i do this and so that just became a project for me one of one of the things that was a particular burden was i had a number of folks in our church come to me and some of the other elders and say hey i'm being told that in order to not be racist which nobody wants to be racist obviously in order to not be racist, I need to read this list of books about African-American history and about social injustice and about, you know, current problems with the police state or whatever else. And if I read all these books, then I'll have the awareness that I need to have in order to love people. And the more I heard those kinds of pleas, the more I wanted to just reassure people that the Bible is sufficient. Amen. So that Scripture Scripture can answer all of those kind of issues not that you want to be ignorant, obviously I, not that you want to have your eyes closed <clears throat> and, and not pay attention to what's actually going on, but I, I don't think that in order to be a faithful Christian in the face of injustice or hardship or suffering that you have to get a massive library on the topic of that suffering or whatever it is in order to be able to care for people, you know like you can weep with those who weep that's 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 Bible um, you're able to have sympathy like Christ's sympathy for us because. He was tempted like us, yet without sin. That's Bible. Uh, that You don't have to become a scholar in the topic of social justice in order to care for other people who are hurting. Well,
1: you, you um, know, I, well, I have to say, Dan, I am by no means a scholar or a pastor, uh, but, uh, you know, time in the Word writes on your heart. Uh, and even I know, as much as it is possible for me, um, I should strive to be at peace with all men. Amen.
0: Yeah. And, I, and that verse that you quoted along with, you know, we put those who that's Romans 12. Um, I remember hearing H.B. Charles say around that same time, you know, if we just obeyed Romans 12, we wouldn't be dealing with any of these problems right now.
1: Yeah. Seriously.
0: Like, it's that simple and that hard.
1: Well, and, and you bring, I think you bring up a good point. I mean, often on this show, we talk about uh, policies being done uh, in our nation uh, and in the roundhouse in New Mexico. Uh, and uh, things that you know, issues we're dealing with, whether it's homelessness, crime, and and uh, you hear uh, suggested solutions, uh, which I appreciate people trying to work through uh, in our government, you know, our local government and leaders trying to figure out how to better our community. But truly, the answer to all of these woes is Jesus.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and th- and that was very much the the burden of of the book was how do we. Silence the kind of extraneous noise about this issue and refocus on what the message of the gospel is that's actually what's going to unite people. Paul says if you put on Christ, Galatians 3, then there is no Jew or Greek. What does that mean? mean, It doesn't mean that Paul doesn't realize that he's Jewish anymore, right? Obviously he still knows his ethnicity. Obviously he knows how that impacts his relationships with people. He's hyper-aware of that. Uh, But he's saying that there's something about being united in Christ that is so much more important than his ethnic identity or, you know, he goes on to say, slave or free, male or female, any of those things, which are true about us, he's saying my reality of being united to Christ is so much more important. It's as if those other things aren't even true anymore, right? I'm so one with Christ and so uh, united to the body of Christ. It's like I can't even possibly see you as that other reality without first seeing you as in Christ. That's the main thing I want to see in other people. So, yeah, Amen. Christ is going to be the answer to all of this. And and one of the things that I kept hearing folks say with all these lists of books and you got to become you know read all these things in order to figure out how to respond to social injustice was uh, if if you don't know history, if you don't uh, particularly American history, then you really have no leg to stand on. So I said, okay, let me just do the work that I'm being told I need to do. I'll read all the books. I've read probably 50, 60 different books to try to get my arms around this thing to, to just take that bullet out of the gun and say, okay, yeah, I've done the research. I, I'm aware of the history. So now what? And once you find out, once you do that, once you acknowledge, hey, of course America has a checkered past. And, of course, there's all kinds of horrible racism in America's history. Obviously there is. Uh, no, nobody's even disputing that at this point. But when, once you take that bullet out of the gun, there's not much of a conversation left. Uh, and, and now there's an open door for the gospel. Right Now I Dan, can just say, okay, let's bring Christ into
1: Dan, what what country doesn't have a checkered past? Yeah, amen.
0: Yeah, and uh, one of the things I was finding as I was doing some of this research, too, is um, if you go to other countries like right now, let's not even talk about past. Let's just talk present. Uh, if you go to other countries around the world right now, the kind of uh, ethnic partiality, which would just be like a more biblical term for, for racism, uh, the kind of ethnic partiality that you see there is uh, is so uh, visceral and violent and obvious. It is nothing like what you know we're hearing today, the idea of kind of systemic racism or uh, unconscious bias that like deep, deep down you're racist and you don't really know it, but you got to drag that up. Um, I mean, that's, that's so foreign to someone, say, in Israel today there's you know there's the Jews and then there's the Arabs and if you cross a certain line you're dead. Uh, if you go into someone else's house that's of a different ethnicity, your life is forfeit. Uh, but that's a totally different reality from someone saying, well secretly you don't realize it, but actually you're racist. Uh, so the the more that you actually <laughs> kind of widen the scope of your understanding, the more you realize like what what we're being sold by social ju- social justice advocates today really is it's very far from the truth because it's nothing like what actual racism is.
1: Well, uh, here's a question then, Dan, uh, for those that are uh, consuming what they get, uh, you know, at uh, a couple times daily, whether it's in the morning before they go to work or they come home and watch the news or before they go to bed at night. Um, you know, how do you wade through, uh, the things that are being thrown at us? And I think, you know, I I haven't done any study to say it's strategic. However, uh, you know, I, I even think well, how well thought out was that term? Systemic mm, yeah. racism. Yeah. Um you know, how how do you equip our listeners to uh listen, consume, and and then what to do with it? Yeah.
0: So a couple principles, biblical principles. One would be one that we already talked about, Romans twelve fifteen, that you weep with those who weep. So, if, you know, Tyree Nichols, right? If something comes on your news feed, a guy has just died, you know, under the, the feet of a, a foot of a police officer. Um, what do you do with that? Well, I think you mourn, right? It's an image bearer who just died. So you you can be sad about that in appropriate in the right way. But I think also Proverbs eighteen seventeen that the first person who comes and presents his case always seems right, don't they? Until the second person comes. So I think biblical wisdom would also charge us to be circumspect and wise, and to not just assume that the first explanation that I've heard of for why this tragedy has happened uh, is the is the prevailing reason is the right one. Um, it's probably more likely that wisdom. For this particular issue will be borne out over time, uh, that, that it'll take a little bit of time to uncover, as has been the case with almost all of these kind of horrific, um, tragic deaths that we've seen to become big on the news. Um, and the other thing I would say, too, is to recognize, biblically speaking, you know, the Bible tells us Satan's the god of this world. Uh, he's the one who's in charge of the airwaves, right? So, so the stuff that you're going to get through secular media, you, you just can't assume that that's coming from a, a, a biblical worldview, a worldview of truth a worldview that doesn't have a, an alternate agenda, which is not to you know cast aspersion on all media or something like that. It's just to say be wise, right? right. Be circumspect and thoughtful. Don't, don't just ingest Fox News or CNN or whatever and say, okay, yeah, whatever they said is right. You should probably assume that whatever they're saying, they've got a reason why they're saying it. It's not coming from, oh, I want to glorify the Lord,
1: right? Right, right. and a little bit, I feel like what I'm hearing from you somewhat, Dan, is – Wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. Amen. Yeah, uh, and uh, b- you know, before we press on, Greg, I want to bring you into this. I'm sure, uh, if, if you're like me, you're sitting there during a conversation like this, and and uh, you've got thoughts on this.
2: Oh, I'm fascinated by it. Uh, <clears throat> I've uh, began reading Dan's book, and first I was intrigued because the name uh, of it, you know. Uh, R- yeah, remind our uh, listeners. Uh, yeah, a house without walls. Of course, to me, I don't know if this was your intention, Dan. But, of course, I hear uh, Ephesians 2.14, kind of in that. That's date.
0: exactly right. And mm-hmm.
2: yep. so, you know, and that was, of course, a, God is making one house, you right. know, one people, Jew or Greek. And so whether in the first century it was the ethnicity of uh, Jews and Gentiles or whether in our own time, you know, whether it's black or white or any other sort of ethnic coming together you know this isn't a new thing right. and i think the solution is an old one and it's the one that you know christ has presented for us yeah and that's what i love about the book is and you you don't try to hey i've come up with the you know thing that nobody else has come up with you're you're just pointing us back to christ mm-hmm. and and then you do something that a lot of books don't do is at the very end of it in the conclusion you give some really good practical things that we as christians can do to be christ in this world to be a unifier and yeah. and so anyway um yeah so that's to be honest that was one of the uh, main features and reasons why we as a leadership at community of grace are so excited to have dan come out
1: yeah, and with with that, let me remind our listeners: if you just tuned in, a uh, community of grace in Albuquerque, Comanche West of Tramway, will be hosting a Saturday seminar with Dan Crabtree, our guest today. Uh, and the the uh, two sessions that'll be covered: uh, the one we've talked about a little bit already, social justice and Christian unity, and then uh, the second session that afternoon on practical eschatology. Uh, we're about to take a break, and when we come back, we'll cover a little bit on practical eschatology and what to expect uh, during Dan's time. But Dan, um, w- again, without stealing the thunder, um, is that is that as much as maybe we should cover on social justice and Christian unity, or is there something else before we go you want to make sure we say?
0: Yeah, I, I, to, to Greg's point, in terms of practical, what do you do when you hear something like this? Honestly, the most practical thing that you can do, the most helpful thing, I think, that you can do to promote Christian unity and to care for folks who are of different ethnicities and to be involved in the work of God's justice in the world and all of that, I think the most valuable thing you can do is just go to church. Just be a part of a local church and love the people there and submit to the elders and care for other folks and build up the body, because what you're doing is you're participating in like a microcosmic lecture of Revelation 7, where all tribes and tongues and nations are gathered around the throne singing, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb. Like, you get to do that every Sunday morning with right. the saints. So there's saint. That f- and that's the picture of unity that God wants to display to this world.
1: So there's that fellowship. And then, of course, uh, if Jesus is the answer, time in the Word. The Word is alive and active, cutting to bone and marrow. It's going to have an impact in our lives uh a great another great book in addition to uh uh house without walls that we're talking about dan um dan crabtree's book today uh jerry bridge's uh the pursuit of holiness uh has was an you know a great book that i that i read that essentially talked about that you know um it's not our holiness <laughs> the the holiness that people see in us is him because you know, we've gotten to know him and, and the the word is having an impact in our lives. So I think that's important uh, that we spend that time in the word. And uh, like you said, Dan, uh, time and fellowship together, praising him and, and uh, giving him uh, what he is worthy of. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we'll uh, kind of tease the topic of practical eschatology that'll be covered during the Saturday seminar with Dan Crabtree on Saturday, February 25th, this Saturday at one o'clock at Community of Grace Church in Albuquerque, Comanche, west of Tramway. We'll get to that after the break on ABQ Connect. On
0: KLYT, this is ABQ Connect. Join the conversation by calling 505-338-5790 or text 505-585-LIVE.
1: Thanks for joining us on ABQ Connect. We're actually in the middle of a conversation uh, with Greg Nelson and Dan Crabtree, uh, Greg is one of the, the pastors at Community of Grace Church in Albuquerque, Comanche, west of Tramway, uh, who will be hosting a Saturday seminar with Dan Crabtree. That's this Saturday, February 25th at one o'clock. Uh, and we, in the first portion of today's broadcast, talked about uh, what will be session one at the, the seminar, social justice and Christian unity. And uh, the next one, Dan, uh, practical eschatology, uh, something most of us uh, are probably uh, a little skittish to even approach on our own. Uh, but uh, I'm sure you have some encouragement.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think when most people think about eschatology, the, the last thing that they think is practical, right? <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that they think is um, labyrinthine and scary and mysterious. Complicated. And very complicated and totally obscure and not not, not easy. You know, one of the things I heard from folks growing up was they would say, "Oh, I'm not pre-millennial. I'm not a millennial. I'm pan-millennial. It'll all pan out in the end." <laughs> and I think that's that's how a lot of people's attitude is, right? Towards end times realities. And listen, I'm I'm no like tin hat wearing conspiracy theorist. You know, all the locusts or helicopters and they're coming in. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not that. All I'm trying to say is that the way that the Bible presents eschatology stuff that happens at the end. That is yet to happen for us. Um, the way the Bible presents it is that the, the authors of Scripture mean for us to do something with that. Uh, that, that it should have an impact on our life right now, that it's not just like an obscure scholarly debate that people have in their ivory towers while they gaze at their navels and, and try to, you know, come up with different theological terms to, to confuse them. No, this is, this is like boots-on-the-ground Christianity. Jesus himself means for you to live your Christian life on the basis of what you know will come next. Uh, So that's that's why I call it practical eschatology, and and I think it's a a need for the church, something that is not often talked about, or at least talked about in that way.
1: Well, Dan, one of the questions I'd I'd have for you—I know the answer, I'm going to ask it, Uh, though—so many Christians seem to run straight to Revelation, which is important. Uh, It's included in the canon of Scripture. Uh, But uh, should Revelation be our only um, uh, book of the Bible when we consider eschatology?
0: No, no, of course not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's eschatology all over the Bible, and in fact, um, I don't know that we'll spend all that much time even in Revelation when, for the conference, but uh, I mean, if, if you look at the beginning of Revelation itself, I mean, everyone's terrified of it, right? There's all these signs and dragons and everything else. What am I supposed to do with it? Okay, we'll just start with verse 1, right? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the things that must soon take place which I take to mean that that God intends to show us. That seems like that's what the text means, right? He wants us to kind of know what's taking place. And the implication is, he says, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written. So there's like an obedience component to it. So even from the very beginning of what people think is kind of the scariest or most confusing book on eschatology in the Bible, the, the very beginning of it assumes that you should understand it, assumes that you should be able to even obey it and do something with it in your life. So, yeah, I mean, but to your question, there's eschatology all over the Bible, starting from the very beginning all the way to the end, and we'll be spending all kinds of time in the Old Testament, New, and looking at that. I mean, you you go to the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they are just drenched with end-times eschatology. Jesus himself preaches quite a bit about the end, uh, particularly in the Olivet Discourse, and I mean, Paul just litters his letters over and over and over again with, well, we're in the last days, but here's what's coming, and here's what's coming, and here's what's coming, and here's how it should affect your life now. And, you know, you think of like uh, what, you know, folks who, who are pre-tribulational, they would say, you know, First Thessalonians four thirteen through 18, that's the, the rapture passage. And what's Paul's follow-on to his talking about the end? He says, well, encourage each other with these words. There's supposed to be some kind of practical value of this conversation to us right now. It's, it's not just for head knowledge. It's, it's for heart reality.
1: Well, it, wouldn't you agree, Dan, that, that uh, understanding eschatology is certainly part of what gives us hope? And as a believer, uh, not the whimsical, it might, uh, but the confident expectations that we have uh, for our future.
0: Yeah, amen. I, I think that's that's probably the, the clearest and most obvious application, right? Is God wins, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> wins in the end. And you know, whatever your view is as a Christian, presumably you at least buy into that.
1: Well, I've even uh, I've even said it on this show more than once. You know, in the current climate that we're living in, and, and I'm only in my fifties, uh, but uh, you know, I think back to a different time here on planet Earth uh, when things were evil, but maybe less evil. I don't know. I I don't have a, a evil barometer. Uh, but, uh, but you know, when I do look at the current landscape, how often uh, do I find myself saying, oh, come Jesus, come. Uh, but but at the same time, uh, I have to think it's the Holy Spirit, not me saying, hey, there's work to be done still, get busy. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's, yeah. and to, that's... to that point, I think um, the, one of the things that we'll touch on at the seminar, I think, is First Corinthians 15, the, the idea of the resurrection, one of the longest chapters in, in Paul's letters, and it's all about the resurrection. And his conclusion with the resurrection, you know, he makes this extended argument, we're going to have these new kinds of bodies, the resurrection definitely happened, because Christ is resurrected, now we get resurrected like him, and all this. After all of that conversation, at the very end, he says, so get to work. Yeah. <laughs> Be steadfast and movable always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because you know that your labor isn't in vain, because you know that everything that you do in the path of obedience for Christ will echo into eternity. It all has infinite ramifications because of what's coming because of the end right and, so, and amen to what you're saying you yeah. get to work now because of what's going on then
1: and, and greg you had something you wanted to add
2: yeah i was gonna say uh, just sitting here all the the verses run through your head you got you know paul talking to the thessalonians you know you know work while you wait and then mm-hmm. you know second peter three you know what manner of person ought we to be in all holiness you know the the coming of christ the glorious appearing So to me, yeah, there's a lot of stuff, the mystery parts of Revelation, but our focus has got to be the glorious appearing of Christ, and that should move us toward um, what manner of living now in all holiness and faith and how we treat others, and Mm -hmm. so— uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, one
1: session. one of the things you said too, Dan, that, that I have to tell you personally is very encouraging. Uh, one of my life verses are, you know, is, f- is found in first Corinthians 15, one through four. Uh, I won't uh, uh, recite it. I'll, I'll let our listeners open their Bible app or their Bible and and go <laughs> read it. Uh, let, it uh, let it have an impact on you. But uh, one of the things that I often share from that in it Paul says, "I delivered to you as of first importance." Depending on the on the translation, I delivered to you first of all. I delivered to you primarily um, mm-hmm. that which I also received. Uh, and it goes on to delineate the gospel, um, and that uh, yeah, that it's going to be a big part of what you're sharing. Well, that makes sense. It's the most important, isn't it?
0: Right. Yeah, and and I think even to understand the gospel, whether you recognize it what you're doing or not, you're making a judgment about eschatology. The, the gospel itself has a kind of implied eschatology. I mean, you just think the most obvious verse about the gospel in the Bible, John three sixteen, right? God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. When does the perishing happen? I mean, everyone dies. It's, you know, Christians die, non-Christians die. That's not what the gospel's saving you from. What's the perishing? It's the second death, right? It's the lake of fire. It's the eternal hell. And eternal life is the alternative. That's what you get. Notice it's not just like life now or life for a while. It's eternal. Um, So even the gospel itself, which is of first importance, amen, uh, has a kind of implied eschatology in it that is what our hope is, right, what we're looking forward to.
1: Right. Well, we've been spending time uh, with Dan Crabtree and Greg Nelson. Greg is a, a pastor at Community of Grace Church here in Albuquerque where the Saturday seminar with Dan Crabtree Will be held. It's a free event this Saturday at one o'clock. And uh, those two sessions, uh, again, are social justice and Christian unity. And then session two, practical eschatology. Uh, and we mentioned it in our first segment, but I want to uh, let our listeners know who just joined us. Dan is the uh, associate pastor of college ministry at Emmanuel Bible Church in Springfield, uh, Virginia, and has a BA from College of William and Mary. Uh, Masters of Divinity from the Master Seminary, and was the 2019 MacArthur uh, Preaching Award recipient, and uh, currently working on your doctorate, uh, Dan. That's right.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, right now at my church. I'm preaching a series on the clarity of Scripture, which will turn into a big old paper for uh, my Doctor of Ministry degree, and very much enjoying it.
1: All right. Well, if you want more information about uh, this Saturday's seminar, log on to Community of Grace, ABQ org you find out about that as well as uh, the community of of grace church in Albuquerque uh greg you want to uh again let people know what's happening up there
2: yeah um so <clears throat> new kind of a semi-new uh, fellowship we're about a couple of years old um and our our focus is biblical teaching and so that's one of the reasons we're super excited about having Dan come out because we think that these are both very important topics. And we'll be planning to be uh, bringing out other Saturday seminar type uh, things throughout the year.
1: All right. Will you let us know about it so we can have you back on? Certainly will. Thank All you, right. Steve. I want to thank uh, Greg and Dan. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you, brother.
1: All right. And uh, look forward to uh, this weekend Saturday seminar with Dan Crabtree at Community of Grace Church in Albuquerque, Comanche, west of Tramway details at communityofgraceabq.org. Thanks for joining us on ABQ Connect.
0: ABQ Connect is a production of KLYT. The views expressed on ABQ Connect do not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of KLYT.